This is Cinema Degeneration. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. I, I just can't take no pleasure in killing that. Just some things you gotta do. We all go a little mad sometimes. You wanna know what happens to an eyeball when it gets punctured? You just can't let them go? Go! Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? <laughs> Please, God. This is God. The dead will walk here. I'm just gonna bash your brains. And your suffering will be legendary even in hell. <laughs> it's alive, it's alive, it's alive. They all flow down here. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Boy, show tonight sequel to deja vu our hosts celebrate the time-honored tradition of movie sequels including the good the bad and the very ugly from diabolical killers who won't stay in the grave to science fiction epics whose stories cannot be contained to a single chapter and so much more Join us for the tales you love, and some that you won't believe got made in the first place. from our graduating class back there? And so many. Done so little. Sometimes I wish I did a little more of my life instead of hanging out in front of places. Maybe be an astronaut. Be the first to find a new alien life form. And nail it. What? And gone so far. Most of us have flies, don't it? Yeah. No subject is too sacred. Those Hobbit movies were boring as hell. Say what you will about Jesus, but leave the rings out of this. No moment is too personal. I think there's something going on between you two. We had sex one night after work a few weeks ago. What? Where? Here, on the press station. Oh, that was just wrong. No dream is too big. We are going to peep something we've been talking about since we saw a bachelor party when we were 12. I'm disgusted and repulsed and I can't look away. Works too. One ring to rule One ring to find folks welcome once again to cinema degenerations sequel to deja vu and we have a unique film for you this evening or i should say this afternoon uh, we're doing our first comedy uh, for sequel to deja vu with the 2006 directed by kevin smith clerks part two and my guest uh, co-host this evening is my good friend aaron patchkey how we doing i'm not even supposed to be here today <laughs> that's right you're not <laughs> but you are here 
We got you chained to the t- chained to the chair. Well, we got a Mountain Dew nearby, so thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, Aaron and I have been friends for gosh, uh, well over twenty years now. Dude, almost thirty. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's about twenty-seven, twenty-eight years, give or take. We, uh, you know, give us a little backstory. Although he's been on a couple of uh, past shows, uh, other cinema degeneration shows, that we've known each other since uh, sophomore year of high yeah, school. Man, yeah, yeah, too, man. And now that we're both men in our mid forties, uh, yeah, we're fucking old. Uh, Much I'm only like, forty-four, so thank you. I'm still technically early forties. <laughs> I'm. 45, so I'm on the downslope to 50, folks. I'm officially an old fuck. Uh, but Clerks 2, yeah, this movie goes way back for both of us. We saw it together. Uh, in with Valparaiso, Indiana. Valparaiso, and it was you, myself. Rob, Vanessa. Yeah, a couple of friend, uh, friends. My mom and was there, believe it or not. Yep, Aaron and Vanessa's mom was there, and a good friend of ours, Jay Bobar. Yeah, John J. Bobar, who is no longer with us. He's been passed away. Oh, he passed away shortly after this uh, movie came out in 2006. I want to say it was about three years later, three or four years that later. Was in 2010, he, right? Yeah, he went into a coma, uh, never came out, and, and passed away in a coma. So, if anything, I've never really dedicated a show to anybody before, but John J., this one goes out to you, man. This is all for you. This movie, uh, love and miss you, brother. Yeah, yeah, you've gone away too soon. For such a tiny dude, you were the a guy that I can definitely say was larger than life. And, uh, but he's a really funny, cold dude. We loved him. He was yeah, a, and he he was good with the ladies because even after that happened, he managed to get her phone number. I think he did. Yeah, yes. he did. He got her phone number and then was chatting it up with a lady at the at the bar there, Peppies. So yeah, John was uh, a little player. He was a player, John Jay. He was. I said for such a tiny little guy he was larger than life you know live life to the fullest so this one's for you and um i don't recall what the the tagline for this movie was because uh, i do not have imdb brought up this evening but uh, we're just going to go with the uh, imdb synopsis for the f- uh, first movie which was just because they serve you doesn't mean they like you then I got a little tidbit here man i was reading this it was originally supposed to be called clerks too hardly clerking <laughs> then they changed it to the passion of the clerks, but they changed that to just the clerks too because of a negative reaction to the passion title. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why that had a negative reaction. Yeah, Mel Gibson, we're looking at you. Uh, but what? yeah, do you, you remember your first impression of Clerks too when we watched it there in the theater? Uh, I loved it, dude. I loved every minute of it. I couldn't believe what I saw and what he freaking did. It was just so controversial in so many different ways. <laughs> uh, Some of which we'll, we'll touch base on here. Very sensitively, but uh, yes, it was a very memorable experience. That was the first ever donkey show I ever witnessed. So uh, well, It was my second. It was my second donkey show. <laughs> well, you had that one in Tijuana. Which... Yeah, well, you know, your mother was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was performing that day, but I didn't She was Kinky watch... Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> Kinky Dorothy. Thank you very much. Dorothy. Uh, sorry, Dolly. We're, 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 we mean that most respect, but. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to admire her, man. She lived life her way. so. Uh, yes, she does. She takes no shits from anybody, that's for sure. She does not. Uh, but, you know, I identified with this movie as much as I identified with the first Clerks. You know, the, the first Clerks came out at a time when I was just graduating high school, 
Don't yeah. worry, you came over up to Chicago, man. We traveled over here to go see it. Yep, and that little, uh, in the Music Box Theater. Yes, yes. the Music Box. Yeah, the same place that we, we had seen, in the... Uh, the last, uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot when uh, Jay and Bob were both there. Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes uh, did a live road show. It was a little Q&A before and after. Yeah, and I thought I was going to die because I thought I was having another heart attack. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> turned out, turned out, though, I think it was just food poisoning, but still, it's equally fucked uh, up. I thought it was just a long walk in, man. We had to park like a mile away because there was no parking in that neck of the woods. Oh, I threw up for three days, though, man. I think it was something to, in the food. But that's... Well, Yeah, I thought for sure I killed my best friend, so uh, I'm glad <laughs> you pulled through. Yeah, horrible. you didn't kill me. <laughs> Not for lack of trying. <laughs> But uh, the way this movie opens up, black and white, just like the original, Dante pulling up to do his job at the quick stop, and he opens up those front doors that were always stuck because somebody's jammed gun, gum in the locks. But I love the way it's almost done like a like a Sin City kind of vibe. You know, he opens it up and there's flames. And then he just closes the shutters. It's like the place is obviously on fire from inside. And then when he opens them up the second time, everything turns the color. It was a nice transition. But I love when fucking Randall shows up. His water running all running. Yeah, f- firemen are running in on the building. Smoke's rolling out. There's debris everywhere. Fire trucks there, and he just walks in, and they're ushering him back out, just completely oblivious. And he just like first reaction is like, "Is a terrorist?" <laughs> and he's like, Dante just looks at him, and then he's no, like, "Looks could kill. He definitely been dead." Yeah, and then he's just like, "Oh, I left the fucking coffee pot on again, didn't I?" <laughs> so that happened my mom, one of her early apartments back back in the 60s or 70s, uh, somebody left a compound on and yeah, burned down the whole house and freaking uh, my mom had to get my baby sister out to ran down. God damn. And yeah, ever since then, uh, she's got me doing it now too, man. She always unplugs the coffee pot before she leaves because of that incident. So and even now, I uh, still unplug my coffee pot when I leave. Yeah, I, I, I have keepers unplugged all the time unless it's in use. But yeah, it actually did happen, folks. So uh, I don't know what it is that would cause it to cause that fire like that. I don't know. It's just a huge Well, we trip. had a fire start at the restaurant I used to work at, one of the many, because it was left on. Because it'll just, it keeps everything so hot. And what it'll do is reduce all that coffee down until it's just like a sludge. And the pot, and the pot will crack. And the pot cracks, then it'll mm. leak all that stuff out and cause electrical fire. I'm not saying that's how it always starts, but I know that's what happened at work. But gotcha. It is, is, is uh, a risk. But uh, a bit of trivia I have here at the beginning, when it flashes forward, was supposed to be a year later after the quick stop burns down, they're working at movies, movies restaurant, and Dante goes to pick up Randall. When Randall's exiting the house, yes, that's there is that's actually Kevin Smith's old childhood home. Yes, I had to hear my notes as well. <laughs> oh, see, I, I I didn't make I made mostly made notes pertaining to the movie, but not much trivia. That was one of the few little bits of trivia that I had. No, that was awesome, and I did not know either that the little kid that weighs at him uh, later on in the movie when he's driving freaking was yeah. little Harley Quinn. Freaking. Yeah, that was her first appearance on camera. Yes, and how she's grown, man, and like, and she's become a comedy dynamo herself, you know, acting and writing and producing. She's yeah. doing a lot, man. I give her credit. She definitely takes after her own man. He's got to be proud, you know. I would a little be, chip uh, off the old block. Most definitely. Now, i got to ask you a question here. Okay. Uh, soon we're only two movies deep into the Clerks mythology, but there is the Clerks, you know, cartoon to go off of. And there is a Clerks 3 that just finished production. It just finished filming the other day. I saw Kevin Smith post about it on Instagram and Facebook, so... 
filming. They're already finished? Yeah, they're already finished with, yeah. with, with principal photography. Do you have somebody that you identify with more, Randall or Dante? Or did you, you know, considering when the first movie came out and the second movie, did, you know, were you... I'm definitely more of a Randall type. Just my love for movies and freaking just a carefree attitude and not liking people and but loving crowds. <laughs> <laughs> I am a solo Randall. I, I feel like back in the day, I was 100% Randall. And then when part two came out, I was more 50-50 Randall and... 50-50 Dante. Now, I'm not quite so sure. I think I'm leaning back more towards Randall. It went I Randall. looking this. more and more like Dante, though, every time I see you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm excited, though, for Clerks 3. I don't know if you're half excited as I am. but Two years, I feel these nipples. <laughs> I am very I am feeling, I'm feeling them right now. You guys can't see this because we're not doing a vidcast, but we, yeah. But for an extra $10, you can. Yes, yes. Get, get, get on my Patreon. Uh, but I love when they get to get back to the actual like movie movie. Dante's getting married, so they're just discussing that. He's getting ready to... It's his last day at work, working at the movie's restaurant. And uh, he's like, uh, Randall says to him, you know, you ought to just spray paint, eat pussy in big letters across <laughs> the building when we get there, you know, on your last day there. And when he, they show up with spray painted on the side of the building, eat pussy. <laughs> Oh yeah, freaking no! Uh, it was a old Burger King man that closed down. It was by Knott's Berry Farm, man, in uh, Santa Bruno Park, California. And that's uh, what the the movies. Was? Uh, the movies was yeah. It was an old Burger King located at eighty five seventy two Stanton Avenue in Bueno Park, California, near Knott's Berry Farm. But uh, they had to camp on uh, stopping to shoot because it was so realistic. People would keep on driving in there, thinking it was an actual restaurant. They were trying to order and get food, <laughs> not knowing that it was just a, a movie, movie set. Exactly. Yeah. That and was then, really and if it was a restaurant, they wouldn't have wanted anything they were making. Oh, it's a movies <laughs> any day. Oh, yeah, but not not made by Randall and, and Dante. No, right? most definitely. <laughs> Shit tastes like piss and flies, yo. <laughs> Oh, my, I think the biggest laugh I, I get, one of, the, one of the biggest laughs, is when Jay and Silent Bob show up, when Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith actually show up. The, the van passes, and they're just there. Jay is doing his thing, dancing, slamming a beer, and just, like, cursing out everything that fucking drives by. Fuck everybody! Like, I, I love those guys. I'm, I'm, I'm a kid at heart. I will never, that shit will never grow old to me. Oh, uh, No. Well, that was a great part. I'm proud to say I'm like Jason Mewes. It only took me two bites and walked across the room with the pickles, so I'm um, very happy with that. <laughs> it took you two bites? It took Just me two. three. It took me three. <laughs> oh, but I think the the biggest what-the-fuck moment, well, no, nah, no, nah, I, I retract that statement. It's not the biggest. It's the first what-the-fuck moment when Randall is tripping on the dude in the wheelchair, and he gets confused, <laughs> and Dante is just like, you know, you took a guy... Who found an outlet on the internet and is just reaching out to, to people, and you're just like you're you're killing this dude. I think your stepdad was on there saying how he was number ten in UFC and how he's challenging to a fight. <laughs> yeah, in the Hot Wheels championship. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> when he's tripping on that dude in the wheelchair, and he's like, not like he's Anne Frank or nothing. And he's like, he's not deaf, dumb, and blind. And he's like, he has to tell him. Like, listen, and Dante has to inform Randall that it's not Anne Frank, it's Helen Keller. And he's like, well, who the fuck was Anne Frank then? And he tries to explain it to me, and he's still like, the, it, the joke keeps reoccurring, and he's like, he's like we're going to get Anne Frank in on this. And he just, uh, Randall, he's so socially 
inept. Awkward? And socially awkward, socially inept, socially unaware. Uh, in so many ways. <laughs> and I think the first really big cameo we get is what uh, Ben Affleck, when uh, Dante's woman, his wife-to-be, Emma, shows up as Gen- Jennifer, Kevin Smith's real wife, shows up. And well, it's funny you should mention that, man. Freaking, uh, originally, they were trying to get Sir Silver Silverman or Bryce Dallas Howard both declined to both so far. And freaking, well, actually, uh, that went to, uh, I'm sorry, that was with Dawson. She was supposed to be uh, originally freaking for that, but uh, they both... Oh, for Rosario Dawson's character? Yes, and they were up in her part. But Dawson applied for her part, uh, part of the girl, and then she went up coming to other parts. Oh, she applied uh, or auditioned for Emma and ended up getting Becky? Yeah, I love Rosario Dawson in this movie. She's fun. She, She doesn't do comedy very often, but she's got great comedic timing and she's great. She's a great actress. I loved her in her new Star Wars. That was awesome. Oh, yeah, Mandalorian. Mando's my my dude, man. <laughs> oh, they're supposed to be giving her uh, her own spinoff, from what I understand. Really? Yeah, I read that, but it doesn't mean... It, you know, you got to take half of what you read on the internet with a grain of salt, whether or not it's going to happen. Makes That's very scene. true. Uh, but this is the most fucking laid-back fucking fast-food establishment <laughs> Ever they they one they hardly have any customers. If you know what a fast food joint is like, it's always fucking busy, always slammed. But these people are one got some of the most lackadaisical attitude. Even Becky, you know, she's getting her toenails paint, painted in the. Yeah, place. I wish I had a boss like Becky. That would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah. Dante is always caught between two fucking women. I wonder if that'll be a continuing uh, trend. The hideous in, chud that he is. Yeah, the hideous <laughs> chud. <laughs> As, yeah, as Randall would call him at, at every step of the way in this hideous chud of a fucking kid that he's going to have. <laughs> but yeah, he's caught between two women again. And I feel like, not that I'm advocating how Dante acted in either movie. In the first movie, it's obvious he made the wrong fucking decision. You know, women-wise and relationship well, I think this one, he definitely made the right one, man. It was given the choice between the two. He definitely made the right choice. Yeah, I, I think in, like, in the first movie, he made the wrong choice. In the second movie, he definitely made the right choice because I feel like the Emma character, I don't doubt that she loved him, you know, as, as it was written. I don't doubt that she loved him, but she obviously did not respect him at all. Like, not a bit like, oh, look at him making decisions all of a sudden for himself. Like, yeah, exactly. She definitely told no respect him. There. No, no respect at all. And uh, we got to talk about my favorite character, Elias. <laughs> Elias. Uh, I forgot the actor's name. Oh, Trevor Furman. Now, he did not make another movie after this. So he's in a new one, and he is not aged well. No, he has not aged well at all. He was supposed to be 19. I think he was 23 when he made the movie. He was supposed to be 19 in the movie. Yes. But he has not aged well at all. But I am happy as pig dipped in shit that, that he's back for it. Like, it awesome. wouldn't have felt right without him. And I'm happy that even though, like... This was his last movie, and this was 2006. You're talking 15 years later. The fact that they, that Kevin Smith somehow was able to get him to come back for it, that is freaking great. That is awesome. And, <laughs> and we get the first uh, nerddom moment when he's talking about, this tells you how old this movie is, that they're finally going to be making the, the first <laughs> live-action Transformers movie. <laughs> so, like, they're what, into, like, six, seven Transformers movies? Uh, and Bumblebee. These, yeah, there's a whole bunch of them out there but now. But he's in prime position... To get women, because he's got the online handle of Optimus Prime, so he's, you know... Oh, he's saying he had a whole webpage, the first one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then we get our first in, 
introduction of uh, the high, highly inappropriate content that's in this movie, when they have a discussion, and Randall and Dante are having a discussion, in, in, initiated by Randall, of course, whether or not you, it is appropriate at any time to go ask them out. Uh, no, no, it's not. Yeah, I don't think it is. Uh, that, I'm on... I'm on I'm on the side with Dante on that one. Even though when they bring Becky into it, she says, you never go ask them out. And it's not until like they, they get, she gets along with Dante. She's like, sometimes in the heat of passion, it's okay to go ask them out. Uh, I, I disagree. And may, maybe I'm a prude, but nah. You know, I'm you definitely a prude. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> you don't yeah. go ask them out. No. It, but this scene... Come Would on. you do ask them out or Rosario Dawson? No. No, still no. Still so no? No, no, still no. <laughs> no. But this scene coming up, is my favorite scene. The sequence when James, Silent Bob are outside and they're talking about how fucking bored they are <laughs> and we get the goodbye horses dance scene. And he's, awesome. just like, and he's just like, oh. Now, did you know how that scene originated? I do not, know Because apparently this is something that Jason Muse, a.k.a. Jay, used to randomly do to Kevin Smith just out of the blue <laughs> as a joke. And supposedly, this is, as the story goes... He would randomly just start doing the dance and start just roving in front of Jason, uh, instead of uh, in front of Kevin Smith, and doing his impersonation of Buffalo Bill. So Kevin <laughs> Smith worked it in, and good thing he did because you know, fuck it, it's one of the most funny scenes in the fucking movie. Oh, this is my favorite man. It was in the beginning when they're dealing drugs after being out for like six months, and you just got their chips, and then you had that uh, dude Randy from fucking. Uh, uh, Earl. That, My name is Earl. Ethan Supley. Yes. He yeah. came in there. He's like, what kind of Jesus freaks are you? <laughs> 15 bucks, little man. Put that shit in my hand. If it doesn't show, then you owe me, owe me, owe. Oh, great stuff. This movie is laugh a minute, man. Laugh a second. It, it really... Let's say, Kevin Smith doesn't get as much credit freaking that he deserves, man. Like we were saying earlier, a lot of people are just like, oh, piss and fart jokes. It's like, Kevin Smith is... A really smart freaking comedian, man. When it comes down to it, he is a smart dude. He's not. Yeah, a, he's. I mean, yeah, he's made his money off of dick and fart jokes and pop humor, but you know, there's some underlying themes to a lot of his movies, especially with, well, not just especially with this one, with a lot of his movies that I think just go under notice or underappreciated by most folks. For sure. I still. Th- uh, think Red State is one of his best fucking films. So you cannot find it anywhere, man. Freaking, I'm trying to find it on Amazon, and it is not available for purchase. It's just for, like, a DVD. It's yeah, yeah, I don't think it's streaming anywhere. Uh, no. Yeah, that's why I'm glad I own it on DVD. Cause I oh, I suppose you don't have enough Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just just DVD for the time being. Not really this? <laughs> nope, no Laserdisc. If, if it was available on Laserdisc, you'd best rest assured I'd have it. You got the, the, the one ring to rule them all. Like, <laughs> that was awesome. There's only one trilogy, and that's the Jedi. <laughs> that's not of the fucking king. It's of, of the Jedi. And like even the fucking trees walked in those movies. I love when he does the impression. I'm going to do the impression of the first movie. <laughs> step, step, step. Second movie, step, step. Trip, step. Third movie, step, step. Mm. Drops in the ring, shrugs. And well, he, you got to agree with his assessment, though, man. The original... The Lord of the Rings trilogy is pretty boring. I love the Hobbit movies myself. I thought they were so much better than the Lord of the Rings. See, I gotta disagree with it. I actually like the Lord of the Rings more than the Hobbits. So the last one, The Return of the King, was awesome. I will give you that. But the, the two, oh, 
They're so boring. See, my favorite was uh, the Two Towers. But, you know, if we all like the same shit, it'd be boring. Very true. <laughs> I would keep saying if we all like the same shit, there'd only be one kind of movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd all be fucking Fast and the Furious movies, probably, goddammit. Hey, I hope to go on for uh, another ten more. <laughs> uh, I like the fact that he, that Randall fucking insults the the Lord of the Rings guy that comes in that's talking with Elias because Elias has a, a, a ring, you know, around, around his, his neck, neck <laughs> on, on a lanyard. And he makes, he insults it so much that he makes the guy vomit. <laughs> and even he's fucking like, you know, repulsed. repulsed. <laughs> and then he walks in on uh, Don, Dante and Becky and he's painting her toenails and he's like, hey, I, you know, I just made this dude throw up outside. He's like, we got a mop around here somewhere? He's been working there a year, doesn't know where the mop is. It's in the cleaning closet. And he's like, we have a closet with cleaning supplies? <laughs> uh, this is the book where you really realize, <clears throat> getting more back to Dante's side of the story, like in the conversation that he's having with Becky, that they're completely in love that just neither one will admit it. Yeah, exactly. And she's obviously in love with him. Won't admit it because as the conversation goes, she does not believe in romantic love. She more, believes more in platonic love. But by the end of the movie, we know where it goes, you know. Yes. Uh, but like I said, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's fairly obvious that uh, you know she's in love with him, but she ain't gonna say nothing. They're making fucking goo goo eyes the whole time. But I love when she says she says uh, when Emma comes in a few minutes later and interrupts their lovey dovey talk. She's like, I got a surprise for you, and they go running outside. There's Jay and all his naked glory. Tucked, tucked in doing the Buffalo Bill dance and he just goes is that my surprise? It's like no. No her surprise is that she set the wedding date without asking him and had the, uh, the invites made up and it was it was like uh, six months earlier or something right? Yeah it was supposed to be they were supposed to be waiting a year and she was going to do it in like three months that's where you kind of realize with the uh, the the dialogue that comes up after that that she I can't remember exactly what she says to him but she's like oh look at him making like decisions for himself and like like oh this is not going the way that he I think it probably wanted to but no we, she was definitely uh, staring at a relationship and I don't think he had any say in any matter whatsoever no no in any it, it, successful relationship it's got to be 50-50 you know you got to have a have equal input I think at least <laughs> At least that's my opinion, but you know, I'm I'm not a relationship doctor, so you know, don't take my advice, folks. <laughs> this is the prelude to the donkey show, prelude to Kinky Kelly and the sexy stud, and it results in that. Oh, this is where. Well, speaking of Kinky Kelly, freaking, he couldn't find nobody to play it, so freaking, they wind up turning to a crew member named Zach Charles Newton to fill the role because no one else could pull it off. So was this a crew member? It's just a crew member. I didn't know. I did not know that. I thought it was just. I figured it was probably a, a hard role for them to try to cast. Cast, yeah, because nobody wants to be known. Let's face it, folks. So who wants to be known as the guy as the donkey fucker? <laughs> oh, you do. Yeah, I know you raise your hand. <laughs> then again, I've 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 played some questionable roles in movies and yes, never played yes, a donkey. You have. I've never played a donkey fucker. <laughs> I know, no, no, as he puts it, that's interspecies erotica, the fucko. <laughs> Dude, he was just so perfect for that role, man. He yeah. literally just ran with it. You could tell he was having fun with it. Yeah, I love what at the end when he just sits down there in the jail cell and he's like, I'm just my donkey. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like an oddest shaped Stone Cold Steve Austin, which is, I think, why it kind of 
(laughs) They had an extra laugh out of it. But then we get to talk about Elijah's girlfriend and why he hasn't gotten laid yet. Because she has a pussy troll named Pillow Pants. And a mouth troll, too. Yeah. And I wrote it down here. The name was Lister Fiend. The mouth troll. That's when we had Listerine to kill the Lister Fiend? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, baby. But, yeah. But, Doug, if you're in any relationship, you would know these names, Randalls. Yeah, I know. Uh, but you know what made it creepy was the music. Do I know? Right? With, with the music in the background was the opening theme from The Shining. Really? Yeah, I mean, it's just an infamous like, uh, uh, like public domain music that I, I think I, I don't actually I don't remember quite if it's public domain or not. But it's a theme that's been used in other movies, but it's most notably from The Shining. But it's, it's played very low with some other ominous tones, so. It, it's very creepy because Randall's like, hey, you got to talk to me. You know, Rand- you know Randall's like, Dante's going to be leaving here. Mr. Dante is leaving in the next day. And he's like, so you got to open up to me. He's going to be his new best friend, yeah. yeah. And I think he regretted that uh, opening, kicking and opening that door because, yeah, <laughs> it was a shock to everybody. <laughs> I just love the look on his face. He's like, huh. <laughs> yeah, he, he has a look of shock, bewilderment. And horror. And horror. He's like. And he's like, and Listerfine, he's like, is her probably her mouth troll, right? And he's like, of course, you know women. And I'm like, like, you know, I bet there's people out there that probably believe in things that are not that far from that, that truth. Because, you know, I mean, all women have a pussy troll that their parents put in them, so and it'll bite your dick off if you, if you stick anything. And they're like, oh, my God. I'm like, I'm, I'm sure there's so I'm sure there's out. a bunch of Christian families out there who tell that to their kids so they don't have sex until they're 21. <laughs> right, right. I mean, if people believe the earth is flat, I mean, they'll believe anything. It's not? No. No, it's actually on the back of a big, giant tortoise. <laughs> That'd be awesome. It'd be, it'd be a better existence than what we really have, isn't it? It'd be interesting. Now, here's a cameo by somebody that you just don't see anymore. Jason Lee. I loved him. This was right on the tail end of him doing My Name is Earl. You know, and I love Jason Lee. I thought he was funny as fuck. He just doesn't seem to work anymore. The last thing I seen him in was the giant Jane Silent Bob reboot. Yeah, I think that Elvin and Chipmunks uh, kind of derailed him. I think he had, like, stereotype or peg for that role, and no one else saw him as anything but freaking... Yeah. Uh, Dave from Elbert and the Chipmunks. But he's got amazing comic timing. He's got a kind of manic cadence to his voice, you know, that I like. And it's too bad, it, you know, he's doesn't work nearly as solidly as he did back in the 90s and the early 2000s, you know. But he he's shows up or... as, uh, what was his name, Lance Dowds. And he's <laughs> forever going to be known as the pickle fucker. He's a guy that came into the restaurant in, in the movies just to... Pick on Dante and Randall because they all went to high school together. And Randall relates a story about how he was being initiated in high school where he had to stick a pickle up his ass and take 10 steps. For every time the pickle fell out, he had to take a bite and reinsert the pickle. And, I, and it took him four bites before he finished. <laughs> so we had some weird rituals back in our day in high school, man. I'm glad we didn't have nothing like that. But, uh, <laughs> so, so we've all been initiated, we've all been hazed, we've all been bullied, but yeah, thankfully we didn't have none of that shit going on. Yeah, no, no pickles up the ass. Because so. I would not want to be known as the pickle fucker. <laughs> but I love uh, when Jason Mew shows up and he's like, yo, I need to get my cow tipper on. And he's like, gives him the, the Jason Lee gives him the food. And he's like, yo, thanks, pickle fucker. <laughs> but the, do you know the Jason Mew's actually directed one sequence in this movie? 
the sequence there. The, the sequence when they go to make his food and they take the cup of the ice out of the urinal and they take the flies off the fly strip, that little quick... Is that an actual thing? Because I've been in many urinals my life. I've never seen no ice in urinals anywhere. I've seen them at, like, the county fair with ice. like it, But it's, like, then in a big pee trough. Yeah. You know, but I haven't never seen that in 20, 20 or 30 years. I, I've seen, I think it's just because people dump their drinks in it. That could be too. But the, I've seen that like at, the, at a carnival at the fair before. But again, it's been 20, 30 years since I've seen that. But it is something that I do recall seeing, but not very often. It seems like it's a movie trope that always have ice in the urinal. I don't know what the fuck that is. It's kind of like having a coroner who's always eating a sandwich while they're inspecting the dead body. Right. I think it's just became a trope. I don't know how it became a trope, but maybe there's an idea for another another show we could do one day. Movie tropes. Yeah. <laughs> Weird movie tropes. Ice and, and urinals. You know? <laughs> but yeah, uh, Jason Mewes directed that scene. It's about 30 seconds long where they just like take a sandwich, put some flies in it, and... You know, uh, well, see, that's why I never send my food back to restaurants, man. After watching that movie and freaking uh, that one movie, Road Trip, when he brought back the French toast, I think it was, and what I was looking at, waiting, yeah, waiting, oh, that's yeah. another one. So, yeah, after watching those movies, I do not send my food back for anything. Yeah, <laughs> if it's always, that bad, I just don't eat it. Exactly, that's why I ever go to a Wendy's or McDonald's, I always see what kind of degenerates are working there, just uh. Get a better idea when we'd be done to my food. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to know some of the things. You don't want to know what's just done to the food in the first place, let alone when you send it back. Dude, I remember in fancy restaurants, man, hearing horror stories, people putting, well, stuff in the soup and freaking, when I was like... Stirring it with body parts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I stir your coffee for you? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. So I said, that's why I'm going to eat, man. After seeing all those movies, I think I'll just eat at home. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm a big advocate of eating at home. Not just for that, but just else. Cheaper and as much healthier. Yeah, right. Yeah. Ah, but Way cheaper. But then we get our first real sentimental scene. Uh, it's when uh, Randall has to get out of the store. So he convinces Dante to take him uh, to the go-kart, go-kart scene. And we yes. have our raindrops keep falling in my head sequence over the... Old, old-timey song. It, it's actually very... It, it li- allows you to take a breath, you know, and <laughs> let your sides rest from laughing so much. I said a go-kart team was filmed at a speed zone in Industry, California. So was that a real go-kart place? It was, yes. Shit, well, I thought it was just a set. No, See, even true. I'm learning something, folks. But this is the probably the most controversial scene, and I don't know how we're going to tackle this. Uh, very when, sentitively. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when Wanda Sykes... And her, uh, her husband's played by a comedian named Earthquake. Yes. Yeah. They're both very good comedians. Yeah, they're all, they're fucking got an impeccable but timing. They do. But they show up, Randall and Dante show back up, there's a line of people. Rosario Dawson as Becky is just like, listen, you guys fuck me over, get the fuck back, and they start making a food because it's her and Elias. And then Randall makes a comment that will forever <laughs> be etched in our minds. He, he uses a... Uh, a racial slur that he doesn't know is a racial slur. To I'll be honest, people. I didn't know it was a racial slur either until that movie. Yeah, he, he doesn't use the, the dreaded N-word. He, he doesn't say that. But he uses a, a, a slang term that we won't repeat here, but it does not go over well. Uh, and, no, not at all. <laughs> and, he's, and he says it once. He says it twice. He says it three times. <laughs> and Dante and, Be- and Becky are just like 
like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, they're just flabbergasted and shocked. Like, they can't believe he's even saying this. And the, the, the way it, it is said, it's not why what he says or how he says it that, that's funny. It's the reaction of Wanda Sykes and Earthquake. Wanda <laughs> Sykes is, like, losing her mind. As well she should. She's lost her shit. In yeah, area. she lost her shit. And like I said, as well she should. You shouldn't use this, this term. But Earthquake is just like, you know, hey, man, you can't taste racism, man. I'm hungry, and he wants to take the food. I would have took the food. <coughs> free food is free food, man. Yeah, free food, free food. But then again, you know, it goes back to what we're saying about not sending back your food. Yeah, flies and But, like, Wanda Sykes is ready to come over the counter at him. Earthquake is just like, let's just take the food. It's free. And, you know, Dante has this long conversation with him, and... Randall's trying to say, you know, like, no, it was like my grandmother used to call me this all the time. It, it, it was a term of endearment. And he's like, no, it's a racial slur towards black people. And he's like, no. And he's like, this word is. And he drops <laughs> another racial slur. And he drops a whole bunch of racial slurs. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, it's inappropriate. It's not PC. But it's fucking hilarious just yeah. for the reaction that Dante is having. Like, he's known this guy for 30 years, you know, or 20 years. And he can't believe this guy. He's like, my grandmother wasn't racist. He's like, she used to just say this all the time. Like, that makes her racist. I was going to say, man, at least he had, Kevin Smith had the ball technologies because a lot of our ancestors were racist people. And we can't deny, you can't cover it up, you can't paint a different picture. Can't sweep it under the rug. No, exactly. You've got to acknowledge it. And some I of our parents, some of our grandparents and our elders... And some people d- d- today, I mean, it's everybody's racist, man. You tell me there's not no racist people in China or racist people in freaking Russia. Come on, there's, there's racist, racist people everywhere. everywhere. If there's a human being on this planet, there, there, there's more than two different kinds of people. There's going to be somebody that's racist. Yeah. And you know, to sweep it under the rug, I think it was a very brave move. You know, oh, very. Yeah, he calls an open conversation that a lot of people wouldn't otherwise had if it wasn't for that part in that movie. So right. I give him props for that. And once again, why I think Kevin Smith is a brilliant fucking writer, and not just a brilliant comedian, you know, a comedic writer, but a brilliant writer the way he constructed the scene. But that being said, it gets him into some some heated some heated topics, some heated discussion. Dante just leaves him. He's just like, I'm fucking, I, I'm like, I can't even deal with you right now. But Randall is determined that he's going to, what? He's taking it back. <laughs> he's like, I feel it's a word that we can take back. And, you know, it's a phrase that we can take back. And, he, and like Dante says to him, you can't take it back because you're white. You can't do that. It's just it's not something you can do. But that being said, we'll move on from this scene. Because the next scene is actually the next kind of... They follow up this scene with another nice sentimental scene where uh, Dante is worried that he can't, he can't dance. That he's going to look like a moron. That's his biggest fear of getting married is that he's going to look like an idiot at the reception and he's going to can't dance. So we get another scene that's very reminiscent of uh, the roof hockey scene in the original mm-hmm. Clerks where Becky takes him up on the roof to show him how to dance. So he gets some, you know, some some dance lessons on the roof. Nice little uh, musical sequence with people dancing in the streets, you know, and to like, Jackson my, Five ABC. Yeah, they say remind me like the Indian ball ball movie, frequent Bollywood movies. Yeah, all the big dance in the roof. Well, it kind of reminded me almost like a, a scene out of the Blues Brothers, like people just yeah. dancing in the street. You know, it's a great great scene. But he's dancing with her. He's looking at her like he's just absolutely in love. She's looking at him, and he goes to dancing with her. He dips her down, and he goes, oh, I love you, Becky. And she says, what? 
I'm pregnant, Dante. And she drops her. And he drops her. <laughs> Boom. Just drops her. Like, the last thing you want to do with a pregnant woman. <laughs> right there, any woman. So yeah. the plot thickens. You know, because we did kind of gloss over the fact that they had had drunken sex one night in the restaurant because she ended up uh, making out and fucking Dante on Ramsey's prep table. Because <laughs> she's like, he's like, well, I was there too. And he's like, she was just like, well... You were the one that got mayonnaise up your cooch. And he's like, well, I got mayonnaise in other places, you know. <laughs> but the, the, the fucked up part is Dante. I don't know why. I mean, I know it, why it happened because it was wrote in the script and we needed to move the script along. But Dante makes the mistake of what? Confiding in Randall. And never do that. Yeah, never, never confide in Randall. <laughs> but then to bring me up to one of my favorite movies, when Farts uh, in that movie... Where Jason Muse is behind the door trying to go pee and he gets that door slammed on him like twice right. during the pursuit <laughs> arguments. And, uh, yeah, he's just trying to take a piss behind the dumpster. <laughs> Fucking Randall comes out, boom, hits him, or Dante comes out, boom, hits he's him. He's like, with what the, the fuck? <laughs> and then Becky comes out and does the same goddamn thing and he pisses all over himself. That was funny. Oh. I was laughing my ass off watching that yesterday. But Dante finally gets so mad that for the first time in their friendship, he takes a swing at him. That's awesome. He moves out of the way and he hits the freaking uh, sign. He's like, why did you move for him? You trying to hit me. He's like, because you ducked. <laughs> now what time is it? It's donkey show time. Uh, Pretty much. I mean, that's the next thing. I, well, no, no, no. Because Becky takes off. Randall sees that Kinky Kelly and the sexy stud has showed up with their truck and trailer. So he sends, Randall sends Dante. He's like, leave go find her, come back in an hour and help me close up. And that's where we have the long montage set to Smashing Pumpkins, 1979. Great, I have to say, great music in this movie. It was. But, it was all Kevin Smith movies, and he always has a especially great Especially the Clerks films have had great soundtracks. Very memorable soundtracks. I was in that last one he did, man. That was a really great soundtrack, too, for the last movie he did. That oh, the really, reboot? Yes. Yeah. That's kind of a motif of his. This is having really good fucking, you know... An air for music. Yeah, just he does. But the donkey show time, when he comes back and, you know, Randall has the discussion with uh, the dude that shows up and then he's like, do I get to meet Kinky Kelly now or later? And he's like, <laughs> Kinky Kelly doesn't come out for the, sh- the show. You he's think like, it'd be something before you're making this call that you would discuss and see, uh, you know, what, what you would ask a couple of questions and uh, see who's all involved and what. Well, Randall's not the type to follow up. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not, he's not the, the type to follow questions. up. He doesn't follow up and he's not thorough. No. But he, he, does, he has thought enough ahead that he wants to have a nice night, you know, a memorable night, if anything, for Dante for his bachelor party. But he didn't, like like Patty had said the other night when we watched this, you know, he waited to the day of him to leave to yeah, schedule right. the donkey show, <laughs> didn't try to think it ahead, but, you know. At least a week ahead, you know. Yeah. Find these out a little bit better. But the, the guy who shows up with Kinky Kelly uh, <laughs> is is very adamant that it's not bestiality, it's interspecies erotica, fucko. <laughs> But Elias got fucked up. He got turned. He did. He <laughs> went to the dark side. <laughs> yeah, he went to the dark side. Jane Silent Bob had smoked two big blunts with him. And <laughs> he's fucked up. He, he's, he's somebody who'd never been high before. So you can imagine how poor little Elias, the Lord of the Rings nerd virgin, has now turned the fuck out. <laughs> and the, the Kiki Kelly comes out where Dante comes back. 
he's like, what's going on? He's like, well, it's something that we've talked about our whole lives ever since. I think they were talking about they had been, you know, had a... Since like the fifth grade, yeah. Yeah, talked about, you know, a donkey show. And, again, not appropriate, folks. Highly non-PC, inappropriate, but... Well, supposedly, man, it was the donkey show part that, uh... What's her name? The chick who played Becky, freaking, uh... Preserved Dawson, yeah. Yeah, that was the one to seal the deal for her, man. She read that. She thought it was the funniest shit ever, and that's what made her <laughs> sign on to that movie. She freaking, well, she loved the script, and yeah, that was the... That was, the, that was the clincher? Yep, that was the clincher for her. That's cool. Uh, I, if I ever meet her at a, at a con or something, I'm just going to look at her and go, Kinky Kelly and the Sexy Stud. <laughs> that's what did it for you. <laughs> the show starts to happen. The music comes on. The donkey's on stage, they got a smoking machine going off, and the dude comes out dressed up like an S&M... Stone Cold Steve Austin? Yeah, St- Stone Cold Steve Austin in S&M gear. And they, they start to realize something's uh, foul, something's amiss. Yeah, something's definitely missed. And uh, it looks like Randall keeps saying, he's like, oh, she's going to be coming out any second now, and the guy takes off his robe and takes off some starts more dancing. clothes and starts dancing and smacking the donkey's ass and... He's like, yeah, she's going to come out every minute. Any minute now. And so he gets up and peeks behind the curtain. There's nobody there. And he's like, he's like, where's Kinky Kelly? And he's like, this is Kinky Kelly. And he points at the donkey. And well, who's the sexy stud? I'm the sexy stud. And now they realize it's not the sex show that they thought they were going to get. Uh, they're no. now going to get a dude fucking a donkey. Um, but he puts it, you know, it's not, again, it's not bestiality. Is interspecies erotica, but then Becky shows up and she does not have the reaction the that most think, people would. <laughs> yeah, she, first she can't believe what she's seeing. She's like, "I'm, I'm disgusted, I'm repulsed, and I can't look away." <laughs> and she takes off her glasses and as Dante's trying to drag her out of the, the restaurant to talk to her, she's like, "It's huge." <laughs> it's just fun. not the reaction we special. Well, and uh, then. Was it Elias is in the corner and he's like, Who, what guy would, you know, get off and watching a dude fucking fuck a donkey? There's Elias in the corner jerking <laughs> off, crying and saying repeatedly, I'm sorry, Jesus. I'm Screw sorry. you, pillow pants. <laughs> Screw you, pillow pants. And then the reaction I love, I, I, I don't, I, I think this is very sad for Emma because Emma shows up in just enough time to show up with a, a cake, that a going away cake that she had made for Dante He's kissing Becky. The donkey show's going off in the background. And what does Jay do? He comes up and fucking says, to him. like, hey, I hear you're pregnant. And he's like, Congratulations. Well, who said that? Oh, I don't know. Some asshole. So she realizes that Dante had knocked up Becky and she realizes everything they got is a sham. So she fucking kicks Dante in the nuts. And Jay, to cover his own ass, is like, hit that cheating motherfucker with the cake. <laughs> and then... I have a feeling that's like one of the lines he just ad-libbed. <laughs> yeah. He just threw it in there. I think that's probably most of uh, Jason Mew's M.O. is to ad-lib stuff, which is great. Just to have that guy read the phone book is fucking entertaining. Right? I hate to see that. But I love when it cuts back and forth between the donkey, sh- <laughs> the donkey show and the other situation that's going on with Emma finding Dante cheating. And he's just like in the middle of like fucking this donkey. He's like, ooh, cake. <laughs> <laughs> But the cops arrive, officially making this the worst fucking nightmare or night ever for these guys. For Dante, at least, anyway. Yeah, at least for Dante, because now 
He's, you know... I'm sure the stud, he's been there before numerous times. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he seemed pretty adamant that he knew what was going uh, on. He had to finish before he got arrested. He's like, oop, not again. Gotta finish. Gotta finish. <laughs> yeah, but they all end up in jail. The the Kinky Kelly, or the no, this, it's a sexy stud ends up in jail. Jay and Silent Bob. Dante, Randall. Apparently they did not arrest Becky or not arrest Elias. Oh, I imagine they might have got away, man. You know, they didn't have time to run. Yeah, that's true. It's true. But this is like the most emotional scene. And I will admit, for a movie that's about dick and fart jokes and donkey shows and totally non-PC humor, I get emotional in this scene because I feel like Jeff Anderson. Now, we haven't mentioned it. It's Jeff Anderson that plays Randall. And Brian O'Halloran, that plays uh, Dante, they both came from Clerks 1 and obviously here in Clerks 2, and they're going to be in Clerks 3. But Randall really, uh, Jeff Anderson really brings it. He gets super emotional in this scene, and I feel it. I really, you know, maybe I'm just super emotional myself, but like when he's basically telling him, you know, like, Dante's pissed. You know, Randall has essentially helped ruin his fucking life at this, up to this point. Yeah. But like Randall says, he's like, you know, you know, I, I don't want to make other friends because Dante says to him, he's like, you know, you can ruin the next person's life and fuck their life up for 20 years if you want. And he's like, you know, I don't want to make friends. He's like, I, I, I hate everyone and think everything's stupid. And he's like, who, why am I going to make friends, you know, at, at fucking my age, you know? And I was about, well, we were about only See, two, three, yeah, two or three years. We're in it for yeah, we were about two, three years younger than these guys when this movie came out. They were in the, they were 33, I think they said they were 33, you know, roundabouts when they made this. And the age of the characters they were supposed to be. You know, we were about 30 when we saw this movie. So, yeah. yeah, you know, I felt the transition in life that they were going through. And this movie was, you know, the first movie was highly influential to me to want to become a filmmaker. This came out same time El Mariachi came out, Reservoir Dogs, and those trifecta movies. Yeah, I didn't realize, man, like we were talking earlier, how they were all friends and how uh, Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez, they helped uh, Kevin Smith here, man. Freaking, uh, yeah, well, he showed him uh, the the first screening of the movie themselves yeah. to kind of get pointers from them and some advice. And they, yeah, they helped, which I did not know, man. But like you said, they all came up together, which is very awesome. I would love to uh, sit down and... Just be a fly on the wall for that conversation. Remember Kevin Smith, Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez shooting the shit about movies? Yeah, no shit. That would be highly entertaining. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't even want to be in, in on the conversation. I just would want to listen just to those three guys talk. That would be Listen, amazing. Those are the three great filmmakers of our time, man. I don't care anybody says you don't get no better than that, man. Who the hell is better than Quentin freaking Smith and Robert Rodriguez? Fucking nobody. 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 I mean, for them to come up in the 90s, they were the... They were the shit then, you know, and they're, they're still the shit now. I mean, they're still still all working today. And they're still on top of their game. Yeah, exactly. But this this movie was influential at the time because I had uh, moved away from home and away from all my friends. And Ed, I only came up to hang out with Aaron and our buddy Jay that's no longer with us to get a couple friends together to go see a movie. And on the ride home, I spent some time with our buddy Jay that's no longer uh, with us. You know, and he kind of gave me a Randall speech. So every time this scene comes up, I get emotional and I get a little teary-eyed and whatnot. And I think of what he said to me. He's like, you know, dude, he's like, he's like, I am Randall. You are Dante. And he's like, he's like, you know, and I was having some trouble at that point. I was debating on whether or not I was going to move back home. And I ended up doing it for 
basically because of Bobar, you know, and you know this movie helped movie and him at that time help you know mold the decision that was a big decision in my life. So every time I see the scene, it, like I get emotional when Randall's just like, "Don't leave me, man." It's like I get a little, I get a little emotional and teary eyed, you know, and I can't help it. But it has a great ending, I think, you know, because when, you know, even though I get choked up, I feel hopeful for them, you know, as characters. Because they just, you know, they argue back and forth. They almost end up fighting again, and Jane, Silent Bob are standing there. And, and for once, Silent Bob does not have a word of wisdom. Usually it's always a motif that Silent Bob only speaks once during the movie. And usually gives off some piece of advice. Well, I like Jason Mewes in that scene. He's on top of the cage. And he's like yelling for a steel cage fight. Yeah. yeah. Steel cage match! <laughs> and he's like, don't you... And Dante says to him, don't you have anything fucking to say? And Zion Bob is just kind of like, eh, 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 I got nothing, man. <laughs> and Jay fucking yells at him. And he's like, what the fuck do you ever have to add to the proceedings besides pussy? You know? <laughs> but... Uh, Dante turns around on Randall and he's like, you know, hey, since you know all what the fuck to do with your life, why don't you turn that, you know, point of view back on on yourself, fuck Bob. And he tells him, he's like, well, you know what I would do? He's like, I would buy the fucking Quickie Mart and we should run it ourselves. And it's probably the first good idea that Randall has. Yeah, definitely uh, was a good idea. I was just meant to be since we have a clerk's three, but... uh, Finally. (laughs) Yeah, right? It's all these years. But come on, man, freaking, they spent their 10 years in their life at that place, and freaking, obviously, they both love the job, freaking, enough to go above and beyond, they just love being there, so why not, like I was saying earlier, if you're happy at your job, man, you know, it's very rare thing, so. Yeah, like we were saying over lunch earlier today, you know, if you have a job that you don't mind going to, and you look forward to, to getting up in the morning, and you don't regret the decision you made to go there, that's rare. That's exactly. a rare thing. It's a very rare thing, man, not to drive going to work every day. You actually good up and enjoy freaking going to work. Yeah, that's a like rare you said, thing. you know, I got to mess with assholes. I got to hang out with my best friend and watch movies all day. Like, can you, you can't of, beat that, dude. Can you think of a better way to make a living? Because I know I certainly can't. I don't know. But Jay and Silent Bob pony up the money. You know, they. that's the one thing Dante says. He's like, you know, it costs like a hundred grand for us to buy the place. You know, and, uh, you know, we don't have that kind of money. And Jay is just like, we do. We do. And he's like, all right, but you got to do, you got to do two things. You got to promise that we can uh, hang out in front of the store anytime we want and you can't call the cops on us and you got to suck each other's dicks right now. But then you ask them out afterwards. And then then go ask them out. And then he's like, okay, he's like, okay, just the first thing. But, you know, we get a nice little montage of them getting the, uh, you know, getting the loan you know, or getting the, the deed signed over to him, cleaning up the, 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 the quickie stop and RST video, which is, was, I love the sign on it that says, not, now, uh, now uh, renting VHS and Nintendo. <laughs> but it was the most work I'd ever seen Dante, not Dante, but the most Randall. work I've ever seen Randall doing when they're clearing out the place and clearing out the trash. But it, it ends on a very nice note with, uh, you know, Elias applying for his job. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> yeah, Dante's like, yeah, let's hire him. And Randall's just like, nah. And then they're like, come on. I'm like, okay. But, you know, they, they hire Elias. They got, uh, Becky is there helping them re- reset the place up. And uh, the end of the way it began, the other one began with uh, Randall telling Dante, you're not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> and then as it pulls back, it, it fades to black and white. And what do we see? 
Kevin Smith's mother once again playing the milkmaid, checking the dates on the gallon of milk and pulling out gallon so after gallon. So that's who she was. Yeah. She, you didn't know that? No. no that, I did not know she, that. That's Kevin Smith's mother. And she was the same character she played in the original Kurtz, the milkmaid that was always pulling out the, trying to find that one gallon of milk that was always one more day uh, closer to, you know, having an extra day being expired. I love it, the, the sign they drop, instead of saying, I assure you we op- we're open, but it is, I assure you we're reopened. <laughs> and it fades to black and white and ends with some soul asylum, the same way the first movie ended. Well, that was a very nice way to end it, man. You know, yeah. you're getting uh, connected into movies there. I like a movie that, it's like a comedian with a joke that comes up with on a set, telling a joke on stage, starts with the one joke, brings it around full circle, and ends the same with the same joke and the same punchline. It's it's beautifully done for a movie like again for a movie that is a whole lot about dick and fart jokes and you know non PC type humor. It does it's, it, man. It's very brilliantly done. It is. It definitely sounds like I said earlier, man. It sounds a lot about racism, relationships. And makes you uh, in friendships, so yes, and uh, makes you think about a lot of different things, a lot of different ways you probably wouldn't have thought of before. Especially for you know a raunchy comedy, an R-rated comedy, it it really's got, it's got some more shit to say. There's some, there's layers. There's just the layers there. Exactly. With that being said, this is the portion where we do our final summary and do a rating on a scale from one to ten, and you know as well as I do, uh, guests go first, so go ahead. Uh, what was I saying, man? I was saying damn near perfection, but I would give it a good solid 8, 9 out of 10. It's a great film, man. Like you said, very brilliantly done, and uh, a lot of good comedic uh, aspects to it, and uh, it was just brilliantly done, man. Like I said, it makes you think, and freaking, I give him credit. He's uh, one of the cojones to touch on a lot of things that a lot of people wanted to do. So, yeah, still one of my favorite movies of all time, man. I love Clerks 1 and 2, uh, and Mallrats are probably my three favorite freaking Kevin Smith movies. <laughs> I've watched each and every one of those freaking probably 20 times or more each. Oh, yeah, no, I sure have. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I give it a good solid 9 out of 10, man. I'll match your 9 out of 10. I'll, ma- I'll match it. I, I, I want to give it a 10, but I can't quite, I don't think I can quite give it a 10. It's just shy of perfection. There's, there's some aspects of it that I feel could have been polished just a little bit more, but I'd be nitpicking to, to bring them out. But I think it's the, a good mix of comedy and drama. You know, under On the surface, it's a straight-up comedy, but if you really dive in deep, it tackles some issues. You know, like you said, relationships, friends, racism, you know, getting older, you know, hitting that point of a, kind of a midlife crisis kind of mode getting married for the right reasons, for the wrong reasons. It's, uh, it's you know, I don't want to say it's all over the place, but it's, it is multi-layered. And Kevin Smith, it, I think he's brilliant. I know a lot of people think he's a hack, but I don't give a fuck what anybody else says. Uh, well, I, I never understood man, how he got that freaking title. Him and Quentin Tarantino both got the title of hacks. It's like freaking, I never understood why either one of them got that title. People just like to shit on stuff. That's you know, well, the more successful you are, the more criticism hate you're gonna get. So, yeah. yeah, they must be doing something right because they're still working. They're they're still working. But yeah, this is one of my favorite. The Clerks series is my favorite. I love the Clerks cartoon as short lived as it was. I love the characters of Randall and Dante. I identify with them on multiple fucking levels. And you know, I love a lot of Kevin Smith stuff. I'd probably have to say the two Clerks movies. And Red State are uh, a couple of my favorites. 
I really like Tusk. I think Tusk is highly underappreciated. That's one of the most chilling fucking movies I've ever fucking seen in my life. Right. <laughs> Mostly, you know, just for Michael Parks. Well, I was talking about Yoga Hosers, man. I mean, that got shit on so many times. I thought that was a good movie, too. That movie was funny as shit. I enjoyed uh, it. Yeah, man. I like it. A lot of people like to shit on it and pan it for fucking uh, what it was, but that's yeah. another one. Sometimes you just need, need to turn your brain off and have fun. There are certain movies that are intellectual, and some of them are just mere popcorn movies. Like the Transformer movies. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You know what I mean? Really, if I had to really dig down deep and say if there's any movie of Kevin Smith's that I don't like, Probably say the only one I really don't like is uh, Chasing Amy. Yeah. Uh, least I would say one. Jersey Girl. That's probably my least favorite of all of his. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I like one Chasing of the, Amy. One, one of those two good. were. I wouldn't say I disliked them, but they're the ones I like the least. Yeah. Yeah, because by process of elimination, one movie's got to be your most favorite. Even if you love every single one of them, one's your least, your most favorite, and one's your least favorite. You know, by process of elimination, if you rank them all in orders, one movie's going to be on the bottom, and that. That'd probably be, yeah, Jersey Girl or Chasing Amy. I even like Cop Out. Because I, I, I love, you, I love like Tracy student? Morgan. I love was, Tracy Morgan. He's great. I know Kira Smith did, but there's not even in this universe, though, like, oh, those movies. I don't know. It just seems like a, something that's like a standalone, maybe? Yeah, like a standalone movie. It'd be like kind of like if uh, Tarantino actually directed his uh, long gestating Star Wars or Star Trek right. movie. Yeah, dude, that would have been awesome. I would pay to see that in a heartbeat. Oh, I would too. It'd be kind of be better than those uh, last three Chris Prime ones, man. Uh yeah, it yeah. definitely can't be no freaking uh, worse than those. Oh, I didn't like those. Not not a fan. <laughs> um, well, that being said, I think we can put a pin in this one for the afternoon. It's been fun revisiting this one, and uh, hey, I didn't uh, start crying when talking about the ending. So hey, I. I succeeded. I didn't want. <laughs> I didn't want to get emotional, because folks, I do. I do. I, I totally get emotional every time that scene, like, comes on, or I even discuss it. But uh, that being said, I once again want to want to say that the show is completely uh, dedicated to our friend Jay Bobar. We miss you, dude. You're taken from us far too soon, and uh, we love we lo- you, man. We love you, brother. That being said, uh, we'll sign off for the afternoon. You have been listening to Sequel 2 Deja Vu. I've been your host, Cameron Scott. This is my co-host, Aaron Paschke. Thanks again for driving all the way down, taking a three-hour drive from Chicago to come down here and record the show in person. Well, thanks for having me, man. It was good seeing you. We don't see enough of each other with the pandemic and all, but, you know, we do what we can. Yes, sir. Well, just remember, folks, we're not even supposed to be here today. Until <laughs> next time. Yeah, you guys holding? Shit, everything but coke, heroin, and your cock. What? How about a nickel bag? Oh, 15 bucks, little man. Put that shit in my hand. Nong, 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 nong. He likes to sing.